to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike, I got my line mate Matt with me, and today we're gonna to go over Blackhawks camp. Uh, we've got some lines that they've been working with, uh, some stories of Marc-Andre Fleury's uh, competitiveness, and a little a little uh, news from around the NHL. But before we get into it, do us a favor, hit subscribe. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter as well. We've been engaging with people on Twitter, getting some really good conversations going on hockey. Uh, follow us at Tomahawk Chicago. And let's get right into it. Uh, camp has been going on. It's been fast and furious from what I've heard. Uh, guys are, are are really putting it out there uh, from what the coaches are saying. we got a couple guys out in COVID-19 protocol with Lincoln and, and Delia. And... Um, and it's been it's been really really good, man. Uh, Johnson is really uh, making a big impression out there. He's been t- doing faceoff practice with Taves, and and they were they were really going at it. Uh, Johnson's also been doing he's also been doing um, practice with with Kaner, and uh, he's you know setting him up. He looked quick, uh, and to be honest with you, man, they look like they are right on the same page. And and he's been setting up to bring it in practices too. So we're looking at a top line in 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 camp of uh, Debrinket, Johnson, and Kane. Originally, I wanted that to be the second line because Kane has typically been on the second line, but it looks like they're moving that up to to be their their first line. Second line, as of today, they had Reichel practicing with Taves and Hagel. Uh, I, I honestly thought that Kubalik would have been the mainstay on Taves's line, but it seems that. At least in practice so far, Hagel has been the the mainstay there. Uh, what have you What have you heard in in camp, man? Uh, I heard like what you said about Flurry. He's real competitive, and he's the first one on the ice, last one off the ice. That's why he's one of the best goalies of all time. Um, I've also heard from Coach JC um, that McCabe. Jones and Murphy are expected to right. play big minutes this year. Oh, before we get into um, that, I, I heard that I, Stillman has been paired with Murphy on the second pairing. Yes, I was just going to say McCabe looks like he's going to be yeah, with too. Jones, which I like. Right. To complement each other. Uh, Stillman and Murphy, kind of like a, you know, I mean, they're not going to put up big points, but they'll, you know, they'll we shut don't need you down. To put up big points. Yeah. And a guy who's kind of forgotten this summer was Dahan and, and he's going to be paired up with Kalanuk it looks like and then um you know we got some more depth we get we can always add in uh Caleb Jones and Nicholas uh Bodan and we even got um uh, what's his that kid's name Mitchell? uh I'll be honest with you these lines are shaking up exactly the way that we said that they would yeah i think i'm going to predict that like you were just talking about Taves playing second line role. I think that yeah. might be good for him. Not as not as much time. And, you know, Johnson's a winner. He, you know, he proved that in his Tampa career. I think that Cat and Kaner will be on the sides of Johnson's first line and center. And I think Kubalik Hagel will be on the wing. Taves will be center. Uh, I got Kershev, Doc, wow. and Reichel our third line, which I am actually yeah. I actually really like that. And then I guess for our fourth line, we can add in guys, uh, you know, depending on who he feels like, you know, scratching and playing. I, I got Dylan Strom on the fourth line with Carpenter and the new Juju, guy from Edmonton. Juju I just don't want to butcher his name. I'm going to say 
Kara, yeah. And then, like I just said, my defense. Um, and then our goaltending with Flurry and Lankinen. I'm confident who's ever starting. I hope Lankinen gets at least 35 games this year. For everyone out there, I've released an article this past Saturday uh, talking about the first-line center role. I thought that, uh, I, to be honest with you, I still think that it could still be Jonathan Taves. Uh, moving him down to the second line, I didn't include in the in the article because um, originally what I wanted to do was I wanted Taser to take a... Um, to, to have some less responsibilities. Like he doesn't have to be on the number one, uh, number one line all the way down the board, PK power play uh, down a two man advantage, you know, up to, you know, up to men, you know, he's, he's practically on everything. Uh, I wanted him to have less responsibility because I think he could still play that, uh, that top line role. But to be honest with you, I think that moving him down to the second line really opens up. I mean, <clears throat> really, what it really does is is that Doc is also tied to this on what Taves is going to do because people want Doc to be the, the, the top-line center. And if he's not the top-line center, then they want him on the second line. I want him on the third line so there's less pressure on him. And with Taves taking that second-line role, there's no reason for Doc not to be on that third line, uh, especially if he's playing with Kurashev. I think that they could make a really, really great pairing uh, down there. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, I actually think that our top six, it doesn't really matter what title, you know, right. line one and line two is. I think they're both probably going to get equal right. amount of playing time, ice time. Um, you know, it's who's ever feeling it that night. I, I think Kaner and Cat, obviously, you know, they're going to have the advantage because those they're, they're really good together. And now they got a guy who you know, has just won two Stanley Cups in a row, and he's got tons of experience. And Taves, you know, he's got a guy that's going right. to shoot, which I think he needs. Like, I think Taves was very successful when he was playing with Sharpie back in the day. I mean, he had a shooter. Taves was like the, uh, the two-way guy who could score, who could pass. And then uh, you add speed with Hagel. That's a very good line, too. So And, and Hagel will go down there and hunt down pucks, too. And get them to Taves, and Taves will get them over to Kubelik. And that guy can is a very underrated shooter. And I, you know what? He can pick corners. He can shoot from anywhere, and he can score. That's what I like about Kubelik. But I, I love our top six, man. I'm really excited about it. I do too. And a lot of people are worried about the size of, of that line because they're 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 three small guys. You know, and there's something that I want to point out. You know, if you want to check out the article, I've got some some analytics in there from our uh, from Jay Fresh. And if you look at if you look at the charts that he has on there, when when Tyler Johnson was playing an offensive role, his his WAR was in was at around eighty percent. Okay, when he switched to a more uh, shutdown role, his his uh, statistics completely switched. So instead of him instead of him having a high finishing on offense and a low defense, they completely swapped. And his defensive his defensive numbers went up to about an 80-85%, but, but then his offense went down because he changed roles. What's important to note here is that 
just by looking at the at the analytics, it shows that he can play both roles on the on an, an offensive role and a defensive role, and he plays them both equally well, which I think is important to note. Yeah, man, and he didn't drop down in the lineup in Tampa because he was bad. Right. He, he just dropped down because you have Kucherov, you have Point, you have... Their top six is amazing. It's still very good. I mean, their top and, top nine was amazing, to be honest with you. He had no choice. Uh, Coach Cooper had no choice. He had to put him in to get him in the lineup. He had to put him in a, a different role. And right. Johnson was good. And he, he, he ran away with it. He was great. And now he's, you know, he's going to get that time here, which he should get. I mean, he deserved in Tampa, but it's just you're not going to sit Kucherov for Johnson or Point. I mean, you need those guys. And right. now he's playing with a guy like Kucherov and Kane, who's a playmaker. He, he can have a really good year. And if you're a fantasy player, I think Johnson is going to be a steal this year. If you're picking a team... Big he's going to be a very underrated, like, dark horse pick for you just because he's with Kane and Debrinkat. Yeah, 100%. Um, to be honest with you, I think that he's going to have a good year. You know, he's getting $5 million. Uh, he, uh, They didn't pick him up to come to Chicago with, with that cap hit to play the third, fourth line minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a, that's a great cap hit. Um, it's a really good. I, I think it is. I think he's yeah. got. I think he's got uh, some really, really good years left on him. And I think that Taves to bring it, a Johnson line will be dangerous, especially when they've got. Um, especially with, uh, with an option of Seth Jones to drop it back to Seth Jones from a bomb from the, from the blue line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got tons of threats everywhere. I mean, look to his left, look to his right. It's Kaner and it's Debrinkat. And Debrinkat, I think, is like I always say, he reminds me of a point. Like they're, they remind me of the same like kind of player. And I mean, it's it's gonna be good for him, I think. And and if you know they want to flip lines eventually, which could happen, I think Taves would benefit playing with Johnson if they moved him to the wing, even. Yeah, you know, we could we could see so many different combinations. There's so many there's so many options. I really like good. Johnson at center because of his his ability to win faceoffs, which I which I I think is huge. Um, I heard that Hagel's having a good camp, and McCabe is is looking very agile and looking very uh, really dynamic. They say. Yeah, I've heard that too. I I've seen a clip of Hagel uh, skating. My coach used to call them sixty second drills, where you skate uh, blue line back or blue line goal line, goal line red line, back to goal line, next blue line. Like, and he was flying. I hated and those. his stops and starts were awesome. <laughs> yeah, they were terrible. Try try doing it with goalie. Man. Try doing it with goalie pads. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, man. Yeah. I, I just then, didn't remember my legs. Then do it again fire. because the goalies didn't finish in sixty seconds. <laughs> and then the the, the guys are all pissed off at you it's like i'm like okay put these on and prove me prove me that you could do this and that, they, they, no 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 I'm, I'm good that's why you're so, so. skinny oh well, yeah and <laughs> that's why my knees hurt yeah probably <laughs> go on ahead man i'm yeah. sorry no it's all good but um yeah haggle i saw the he was flying his stops and starts were amazing just flying and uh, who else did you say was having? Oh, McCabe. McCabe. Yeah, you know what? You don't get noticed in Buffalo, and then when no. you go to a team that were, you know, they care about winning, people are like, "Wow, I didn't realize how good this guy was." And I think that's what we got in McCabe. And I'm excited about Jones and McCabe playing on the same uh, same pairing. I like it. 
I think McCabe is an incredibly underrated guy uh, because, you know, Jones got a lot of the, a lot of the publicity, you know, and, and I guess for McCabe, that's somewhat of a good thing because he can just come in here, be himself and, yep, and, then, and then get noticed, you know, and don't, I think that's, don't get noticed. That's doing his job. No, no, no. What I yep. mean is be like, oh, wow. You know, this McCabe guy is pretty good. You know, people are expecting oh, yeah, the yeah. world from Seth Jones and McCabe is kind of flying in under the radar here. I think that this Stillman uh, Murphy line will be really, really good for us. Um, and But more more importantly, I hope that maybe that this is kind this competition is kind of put uh, Dehan in a place where he feels like there's less pressure on him to come in and be the number one D man and just play a solid third third pairing role. I think Kalanuk is going to is going to wrap up that third spot and Mitchell and Bowden are going to be a first line pairing in Rockford full time this year because um I think there'll be a spot open for them next year you know at the bare minimum one of them because I believe this is Dehan's last year, isn't it? I'm I'm not sure about his length, but um you know what if we're doing good and those guys are tearing it up in Rockford. I could see Dehan being a trade block or traded by the deadline. You know, do you think that it would be a good idea just to leave them down there and then just just to build that confidence up for next year's camp? He, absolutely, yes. Like Theo Fox said, let them marinate down there, get top line minutes because they're not going to get it here. Yeah, they'll learn more. They'll learn the system. Usually, the farm is you know they. They train you to get ready for the big times, and that's what they need to do. They'll, I mean, they're going to be competitive, and they're going to get big time, you know, minutes down there. And uh, I, I definitely agree with what Theo Fox says, the, like his term marinating. They, they need it. <laughs> they were very good here in their rookie I year. So we threw them in the fire. We had no choice, and they were good. Now we got, you know, some help. Now they can learn, mature, and just be ready to go next year or even call if, if we get injuries they'll be up here they'll be the first guys called right yeah i i really like the idea of them staying down there um you know this I, I'm, I'm just so i'm just so hyped up so psyched for this team um lucas reichel man i he um, i wonder what is going to go on with this guy this situation because you could really make a case for him making the team and you can make a case for him to go down to rockford and and to start it up start it up down there um, his they said that he's worked on his defensive game big time this um, this summer. And you know what? What I noticed in that prospect game was that um, he seemed pretty defensively responsible from what I saw in the game. I, I don't know what what they're feeling with him if they want to push him. You know if he's going to come in. But uh, I, I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing you know how he progresses in camp. Yeah, I I can't. Well, they're going to show some preseason games. That's when we're going to get our first, like, real look at uh, Reichel instead of just, like, small clips. That's when we're going to learn about it. And I'm excited to see because we've been just terrible with our draft. Bowman has just been brutal with it. I mean, Doc so far is, you know, he looks promising. But I want to see how Reichel turns out, too. And, uh, you know, know, we've just been like busting and just like Yoki Haru and Boquist and he's just been striking out big time and looking at Reichel and his clips he looks good it just sucks seeing him wear number 27 yeah it does but uh nobody gave this kid a a, never sent him a memo well Ronix hated by management there's no question I wonder why man 
He left on really bad terms. Yeah, over he did, but, no, but nobody was he, nobody from this from this organization was there at the time. Well, you know, he really bad mouthed old man Bill, and that's Rocky's dad. Everybody him has. him. Oh, I'm sh- I know, but he's not gonna go. Off. I mean, he brought him back for that one last shift with, which I thought was really cool. A huge success, by the way. Yeah, it was really cool, but. Uh, I mean, 27, it's, I think we got into it with the guy on Twitter about, you know, numbers being retired. Johnny Oduya won two cups with that number. And <laughs> don't forget about that. But yeah, that's JR true. scored 100 goals in two seasons with that number. And we haven't had a dynamic guy like that since JR. Right. You know, scoring 50 goals. We Kaner's been close a couple times, but I don't see any Hawk. I think maybe Debrinkat can do it. But, you know, Kaner is going to have to be really, really good with him for him to get those. And you got to get a little luck, too. Because yeah, the goaltending is very, very, very good. Way better than the 90s. Yeah, I just don't understand, you know, why they haven't, um, you know, put some of these numbers, like, off limits, you know. <clears throat> yeah, out, it's, sh- it's a locker room thing. Shout out you got to respect uh, it. Shout out to Patio Furniture. <laughs> we, uh, oh, he, he was the guy. Well, actually, it started with him, but then it, it went on to another guy. And I actually, I thought that I was talking to the same person, but I wasn't. And the conversation kind of snowballed into, into two different things. But it was really nice talking to him, to be honest with you. You know, having, uh, you know, definitely. Yeah, he knows his stuff. Yeah, he does, definitely. Yeah. Um, some... Just some hockey talk, man. That's what it's all about. Getting I, on it there, brought me back, man. And... Brought me back to the 90s. When yeah. I, he grew up, obviously, or he was old or yeah, old enough definitely. to know. Chelly, Chelly was an absolute beast yeah, for the was. Hawks. 100%. He was good. But he talks so much shit about the Red Wings. And yeah. I always say, you cannot help who you get traded to, but you can help when you resign. And he resigned and resigned. And, and I, do I blame him? No. He won cups. But... Compared to Seabrook, he Seabrook three Stanley Cups, huge minutes. I, I just they're totally different players, but he was a huge part of this Stanley Cup dynasty we yeah. had. Chelios could not get us there. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's Seabrook's number, man. Number seven is should be in the rafters for Seabrook. It's crazy because I want it to be Chelios's, like in my heart, you know. But yeah, but, yeah. but it's like no, there's no way. 14 seasons, three Stanley Cups, a gold medal. You know, it's... it's 14 like, seasons with one team. Right. Not the Montreal Canadiens, not the Blackhawks, not the Red Wings, not the Thrashers. Yeah. He did it all with the Hawks. I think that's the, what I like. The thing with Shelley was that he was from Chicago, though. I think that's... that's yeah, the, that's cool. That's the thing, I mean, though, too. The kind that, of homegrown cool. type of guy, but... Winning a Norris Trophy is not winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Not. And like I said, the Norris Trophy is, it's really turning into a joke to me. Yeah. I, I think it's just about getting points, and that's not what a defenseman does. I, I think they should give an award to a defenseman that, you know, blocks shots, prevents goals, uh, does, you know, shuts down guys. Like if you looked at a guy's stats, like against, say, a, a top player on another team and like you look at his numbers he like say he kept them down to like two points in eight games that's amazing like say Jarmelson was facing off against uh, Tarasenko say and when the Hawks played against Tarasenko say Jarmelson blocked like 20 shots on him 
prevented, you know. How about we'll use it um, analytics? Just that Jay Fresh stuff. I mean, John, he's Jamelson against uh, against Steven Stamkos. Look at his numbers in the what was that 2015 the, Stanley Cup yeah. Finals? He's completely shut down. Completely, even Orduya. I mean, those guys were great, yeah. and they should give an award to a defenseman like that, like a defensive defenseman. All the Norris Trophy is just look at my points. Right? How's your plus minus, bud? Yeah. Oh, you're a plus five. That that's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> Considering the amount of ice time you get and how many games you played, that's not that good. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. There should be a there should be an award for a defenseman that excels in the defensive aspects of the game, and there should be an assist award. Mm. Because I think Kaner could be in the running every season, unless McDavid, you know, we'll gets call both it the uh, the Jumbo Joe Award. How about that? Yeah, that, <laughs> how many assists does he have? Over a thousand, Dude, I he, think. It's amazing. He had um, he had uh, many seasons with ninety assists, I believe. It's crazy. Yeah, he made Jonathan Chichu amazing. <laughs> Remember him? <laughs> yeah, it's a blast in the past. I mean, he even set up and Set Devin Setaguchi. Yeah, Devin Setaguchi. <laughs> He turned players into just beasts, and then they they get traded to Ottawa and just they disappear. Or they get a big contract, they go somewhere else, and then that's yeah. it. Oh, Joe Thornton got me fifty goals. I want eight million dollars a year. <laughs> well, speaking of that's, speaking about eight million dollars a year, I was listening to Boomer and Jake today uh-huh. on my way home. He's talking about Brady Kachuk, and he kind of said what you were saying, and I I was like, you know what? He's right. Boomer's like. What is with this Kachuk family? I'm looking at Brady's stats. I'm not taking away he's a good player, but how can he be demanding this much money for 20 goals once? Yeah. <laughs> like and at like 50 points, like I I mean you you can't be really begging for 8 million dollars a year. That's crazy. I thought it was he's 44 like, Go out and points. Prove it. Didn't even hit 50. Yeah, it still and he he just ranted on about it and I'm like, man, the more this guy talks and just he's so mellow about everything, but he's right. Yeah. And it's like a Kachuk thing. They like they feel like they're entitled to so much money and they he they haven't won anything yet. None of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, Matthew Kachuk's considered he's good. He, I mean, he's he, good, but he's like considered he's somewhat a star because of, you know, his outgoing. He I mean, he just has that starish thing about him, you know. Um, he was even rated higher in the NHL top 50. Uh, go to our Twitter account. I posted today about the NHL top 50 players that they named in the league. And they have they have Matthew Kachuk listed higher than Alex Debrinkit. Yeah, I'm not sure I get some of that stuff's just it's weird. To would me. you rate Jake uh, Jake Gensel higher than Debrinkit? No, I would not. Yeah, they've got him and Kyle Connor higher than him. No, Debrinkat is going to be a forty goal scorer. Hopefully, if he could keep keep it up the way he's playing, and I mean, are, he's a forty goal scorer already. <laughs> well, yeah. Wait till now he's got a full season with two good players. Hopefully, yeah, and backup options in Taves and Kubalik possibly. He's going to be really good. Let me look so that up I, really quick. I'm not sure. I I don't get half that stuff. I mean, I know we were they were talking about top ten fantasy guys too. Uh, which is kind of like a player ranking. Obviously, McDavid would be one. You got Dreisaitl, two. Austin Matthews, three. I think they had uh, Nathan McKinnon, four. And then you got the boys uh, from Boston, Marchant, Pasternak. Uh, and then they had Kaner at 10. They had him at 11. They put Marchant in there at, I think, nine. He's good. He he's really good, is. But, but he's not better than he's, Patrick Kane. He's not a Patrick Kane. He never will be. And they had uh, the only goalie to make the top would be Vasilevsky. 
And I found that interesting because they left out, you know, Sid. He's getting older. Ovechkin was like rated 17. 20. Yeah. I was like, wow, I got to do my homework on this fantasy stuff. Because I'm, I'm going against the boys from the FHN and I got to I got to put up a us. W for the Tomahawk. Yeah, yeah, you do, man. Here are Debrinkit stats. Uh, 82 games played, his rookie season, 28 goals. His next season, sophomore season, 82 games, 41 goals. Uh, third season, 70, 70 games, 18 goals. He had a down year. And then last year, he had 32 goals in 52 games. So he, 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 there was a chance he could have cracked 50 goals last year, what he was on pace for. So he's he he deserves happen. he deserves better than than 49th to be honest with you. It, it could happen. He could uh, he could crack 50. I hope he can. Like I said, Kaner has got to get him the puck. Jones has got to get him the. Or I'm sorry, Johnson's got to get him the puck. Yeah, Jones does too. And he's got to he's got to beat these goalies. We need a little luck too. But I'd love to see a hawk at 50 again. It's been it's been too long. So moving on to other NHL news, we've got the Rangers are going to be retiring Lundqvist's number on January 28th. Um, the Winter Classic is going to be played at night this year, which I think is a phenomenal idea. I don't know why they haven't done this before, because there's always, you know, reporter problems sun. with the eyes, yeah, the, the sun, sun and glare yeah. and all that stuff. You know, why not just have it in the evening? It's in, you know, it's on January 1st. It's practically nighttime at 4 p.m., you know? <laughs> yeah, the so, Wild take on the Blues. I'm yeah. not sure. It's going to be a very boring game. I'll tell you what, those Wild uh, Winter Classic jerseys are brutal, man. Oof, yeah. They're brutal. I, I think the team is brutal, but they got their stud, Kaprizov, and, I mean, at least uh, they got to show him off a little bit. Yeah, to, I mean, uh, he's... put a, him on the map again, because they're... A, boring ass team to watch the um the nhl is going to debut their new jerseys starting on opening night on october 12th they have these jerseys with made from recycled materials uh to end plastic waste uh which is pretty cool uh, i'd like to see what they feel like you know but uh you know we'll see how that goes a hurdle may take less money with the sharks to stay there and um you know what's already been mentioned before. Eichel's no longer the, the Sabers captain. Who knows? Good. Who knows how that's gonna that's gonna play out? But that's uh, that's pretty much all for the uh, for the NHL news right now, man. Yep, it's just uh, we've got some preseason games going on too. I got that's the, right. Uh, Toronto's the, playing Montreal yeah. right now, losing per usual two to nothing. Uh, oh CBJ is beating Pittsburgh right now, one nothing. Blackhawks play seven thirty on Wednesday. I believe they play the Red Wings. Nice, I like that. The Dead Wings. Hey, what do you think about the Krakens jerseys? The home jerseys? I think I kind of like them. They're growing on me a little bit. Yeah, you know, I'm a Hawks fan, man. You know. Well, yeah, I know that. They, they yeah, scored. Well, I, I look at, uh, I you look see that goal they scored? Every, they had it. It was pretty cool yesterday. Their first preseason game. I don't know why they call it the first Kraken goal. It's preseason. Like, isn't that for the real season? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's I not mean, their don't first write goal. it. Don't it's, write it down in the records, you know? It's not like players, yeah. if players who score, it's not like those goals count going into the regular season. Like, if I score that goal, I'm like, hey, I want that puck. I, I want that puck, and the owner's going to be like, no, no, we're going to put it in a box, display it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the Hawks play the Red Wings on at 7.30 on on Wednesday, on the 29th. Looks like that's going to be on uh, the NHL channel, and... And for our regular out here in, in Chicago, it's going to be on NCH Plus. That must be NBC Sports. 
Plus, like a Comcast, NBC deal, Leo, or whatever. Yeah, it's the same thing as before. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing, man. You know, you know the league, and the league did their their TV deal, and they decided that you know there was nothing that came out of the local affiliates and how they were going to go forward with with streaming. You know, letting people know that you know they're going to stick around. It's still going to be NBC Sports Chicago. You know, it's just a name. Yeah. So, um, so hey, yeah. Did, did you hear about the? Um the cross-checking thing they're doing now they're gonna really crack down on that no there's like a debate going on they think it's going to create an offensive explosion of goals because of penalties because these guys you know you you see a defenseman kind of give a guy a whack to get him out of the way they're gonna they said they're really cracking down on this the cross checkings because uh i guess they're i am looking at the uh 20 21 penalty profile so they average tripping to be the number one penalty and cross-checking is way down in the list but um a lot of the owners and players were complaining about like how it's called because i think wasn't uh a big debate going on with weber cross-checking a guy in the i think it was against vegas and they didn't call a penalty but it looked rough like well, it, it looked school. violent that's old school yeah. right there so they're trying to do away with that, and they're they're really thinking it's gonna you know start a it's gonna like start start a scoring frenzy here, and uh, I guess that's cool. But I mean, I was always taught like if you're a defenseman and there's a guy like in the slot, give him a jab and like yeah. push him out of the way. But some guys, you know, they'll they'll have two hands on their stick and just kind of shove them. Mm-hmm. They're gonna start calling those cross checks. Wow. So it's kind of getting soft down there, man. It yeah, used to it be is. violent as all hell down there. Looks like and he, I had he a front row seat as a goalie. There. Yeah, no, no one's, no one's going to be down there anymore, and the goalie's going to see the puck even better. And the goaltenders now are unbelievable. It's right. hard enough to score a goal now; they could see everything. So, so just, just another thing I, I read on TSN about they're debating about all the penalties and stuff, and still tripping and hooking are the number one calls every wow. game. Yep. Well, tonight Dallas was playing St. Louis at uh, 7 p.m. I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern. The Kings are playing Arizona, 10 p.m. Eastern, and Calgary's playing Vancouver, 10 p.m. Eastern tonight. So, but that's all that I got, man. That's all that I got for tonight. What about you? No, ready to get some preseason games going. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Wednesday. Get some uh, Hawks hockey. We'll talk about that. Um, and you know, we'll let everybody know how that went, but Hey, that's all that we got for you guys tonight. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Once again, give us a follow on Twitter. We love talking to everybody. Give us a message. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you want us to cover, what you want to hear. And we'll be sure to, uh, to, uh, to add it in, but this is Mike and Matt and we're out of here.